Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast, Dr. Sunny Spirit. Today's guest, fascinating, lovely lady, Ashley Keen Ramirez. Great, professional, competitive. She graduated from dental school, went to work for DSO, bought in after two years, then left after 10 years with that organization. Some pros, some cons, great conversation, great information and perspective on her career. She then does a startup three months ago, literally three months ago, she just started up. So she agreed to come on. She's very open and shares. Uh, I think it's a great conversation. Lots to be had, lots to be learned. We're going to have a follow-up with her. She promises in six months and we're going to hear how well she's doing. Very exciting. You don't want to miss it. Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast brought to you by Kettenbach. Kettenbach has always been a good friend and a good sponsor. Please frequent their business. They have products I guarantee you will like and use. And you can always contact Kettenbach, 877-532-2123. From their new Vesalis Fill and Flow to their brand new product, which is a fluoride varnish, to their Semcor product, which they introduced last year, which is the cement and a core buildup. They've got great stuff. They've got great pricing because there's no middleman and great representation. There's a rep in your area. So give them a call, 877-532-2123. Enjoy the show. If you like it, share it, share it with your friends. Click like, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you don't like it, well, please let me know. Sunnyspirit at gmail.com or 607 607- Six two four two nine six two. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet, our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door, and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns, and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast, and these are our stories. Welcome, everybody, to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. I'm pretty excited tonight. We have, uh, well, someone basically I stalked on, on the Facebook. You know, I, I went right after her and said, hey, you this sounds great. You want to talk? She was like, sure. No, first she said, hey, I forgot to respond. And then she responded. And she said, sure, I'd be happy to. So her name is Ashley Keen Ramirez. She's a doll. And we were just chatting offline, and she's now my best friend. And 
Let me give you a little bit of background. She was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, relocated to Florida when she was 10, graduated cum laude from University of Miami, got a BS and an emphasis in biology in 2009. She then left Florida to get her DDS at Louisiana State University, LSUSD. She was a member of the Kells Honor Society and also awarded the Alan Ruppold Award for Excellence in Operative Dentistry, Hankey Institute Scholarship, American Academy of Implant Dentistry Certificate of Recognition, Dr. Gard. He's mm-hmm. a great guy. He's my guy, too. And... Then she returned to Florida after dental school and joined a major dental service organization. DS, no, no, DSO is what they're called. She quickly honed her clinical skills and business mindset, became a partner in the practice. I got to hear about this. She -hmm. continued to advance her knowledge in the dental field and was recognized and credited as a fellow in the International Congress of Oral Implantologists. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patience. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. So lots of implants as well. In 2017, she was recognized as Mentor of the Year for the organization that she is also proud to be a key opinion leader for the American Academy of Clear Aligners in 2019 and obtained fellowship in 2020. So this is a CE theme. I love it. I just love it. (laughs) All right. So in 2023, Dr. Keen Ramirez, and if you're watching, you can see her branding behind her, opened Allure Dental Aesthetics, her very own dental practice. She lives with her husband, Andrew, their daughter, Paisley's son, AJ, And when not at work, she enjoys spending time with her family and friends and attending Kane's football game, (laughs) playing soccer and appreciating the beautiful Florida sunshine. Welcome, Ashley. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked. I'm really excited. I'm way past my bedtime, but I'm super excited. So uh, I will have no problem. This will be a great episode. Uh, just, just the things that you've gotten into are just so, this might, we might have to do two or three parts here, but anyway, (laughs) let's start. So you're born in Philly. Yep. Right. Yeah. South Philly, Italian. Yes. Yes. How'd you know? (laughs) Just took a while, I guess. Yeah. How'd you know? So tell me what was that like first 10 years? Oh, it was great. I mean, all my family's still up there. We go up and visit and uh, we have family in South Jersey. My husband's from Jersey. So we're up in the Northeast still often. So what's South Jersey? Like Trenton or down where? Cherry Hill? Or... Yeah, Cherry Hill. Yeah. Marlton, Cherry Hill, uh, Willingboro. Yeah, down in that area. Oh, uh, we're God, big Eagles fans. Jersey. It's, okay. well, it's, it, you got to be an Eagles fan, right? But but as, as married to a Jersey, I have to know Jersey. The Jersey Shore. We don't go to the ocean. We go to the shore. <laughs> That's Everywhere right. else, like Delaware, Maryland, you go in the ocean. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, that's cool. When we were younger. We would go down the shore for vacations in the summer. So um, your husband's we, from South Jersey and you're from Philly. Where'd you guys meet? Well, he's from um, Northern Jersey. He's from Sea Caucus. Or not Northern, I guess Middle New Jersey, right across sea from New York. Sea Caucus. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's from Weehawken. Oh, there you go. So they're neighbors. Because we used to go shopping at Seacock. It's the outlet. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we met in college. We met at the University of Miami 
in undergrad. So oh, cool. yeah, we went to UM together and then he went and got his master's degree and I went to dental school, um, did long distance for a couple years and then um, reconvened. Nice. The rest is history. So so what, what were your folks? What was your environment growing up? So my mom, when we were younger, she's, there were three of us. I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest. So she stayed home with us when we were younger. My dad is just born and bred hard worker. He did anything it took for my mom to be able to stay home with us and to be able to provide and support our family. So there were times where he was working two or three jobs just so that we could um, be home and be well taken care of and go to good schools in Philadelphia. The schools weren't the greatest, but we went to Catholic school, private school and, um, you know, whatever it took to support the family. <clears throat> so we lived there until we were 10. And then um, at that time, that's when companies started or till I was 10. And then companies started like downsizing and restructuring. And he was with the company for over 25 years and had lost his job. And so that's when they took the opportunity to move us to Florida and kind of start over. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to add a one special that Metadenta is running for the month of November, and they want everybody to take advantage of it. Turn in any old, crappy, broken-down handpiece and get 50% off a brand-new handpiece. Yes, that's right, 50% off any handpiece. Just turn in an old, broken-down one or find some parts and send it to them. Thanks. That's crushing. Yeah. 25 years with a company. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. I mean, people don't understand that, right? Like in our business, you know, that's... My my dad was a lifer with IBM. He was 35 years, I think. Mm -hmm. And they had a policy pretty much. They never laid anybody off, you know? Yeah. And then as they started to have a little bit of them, he took a quote, an early window of retirement. You know, right when I graduated middle school, he's to retire. And I was like, get out of town. Uh, but, it, you know, it worked out. Now, why the move to Florida at 10? To find another job or talk? That's That's got to be a big step, though, for people yeah. from Philly to relocate to Florida. It was a big move. My um, my mom's sister, so my aunt, and my cousins lived in Sarasota here in the area, and um, they kept telling my parents of, oh, it's a great place to raise a family, and you know you, you can start over down here, and homes are affordable, and you'll have more space than in the city. And um, so my dad came down and found a job down here, and before you knew it, we moved down, and I hated my parents for it. <laughs> I mean, at that age, like I wanted to be. Yeah. I didn't want to leave. Um, so but now, fourth grade? What were you? Fourth yeah, grade? fourth grade. Yeah, at that age, it was not. I was not the most pleasant child to go through that. Um, but now looking back, I and I've told them this: it's the best thing they could have done for us. Like I don't know what my life trajectory would have looked like if we would have stayed in the city and, um, you know, the neighborhood that we grew up in. It's changed a lot. Like you don't even really drive on those streets anymore. Um, it was a really big family community when we were there, you know, they had block parties and the community, everyone, we carpooled together and it started changing before we left. I mean, there was gunfights on our front yards and drug deals and all that. So it was the time to leave. Our show is sponsored by our good friends at Metadenta. Metadenta has served the dental community since the 1940s with award-winning innovation and a large catalog of dental products in most facets of dentistry. I personally use several of their products and recommend them to anyone I can. They are a sponsor of the program and are offering 30% off. That's right, 30% off anything site-wide at metadenta.com. Simply use the code FFSD30 at checkout and get your 30% instant savings. 
from CR rated trophy angles, hygiene, high speed hand pieces, burr, endo, whitening. They more than have you covered. Their customer service is amazing and they are willing to walk you through an order at any time. So if you have any questions, give them a call at 800 221 0750. That number, 800 221 0750. Or send them an email at orders at metadenta.com and mention the fee for service dentistry group and get your discounts. Now, you're the oldest. You said you have two younger brothers. Yeah. So you're yep. probably acting mom when they're at school and everything else, right? A little bit of. Yeah, I mean. Motherly. I, yeah, I mean, I babysat them. We fought. You know, we we're really close now. But when we were younger, it was, um, you know, a different dynamic. But I'm five and five years and four years apart from them. So they um, drove me crazy. So they're growing. close together. So they were. They're, yeah. They're Irish. So they're thick as thieves. And you're the enemy. Oh, they are. Guys. And they yeah. tortured me. <laughs> <laughs> but funny That's story funny. is that my brother actually built my dental practice. He's a general contractor now. And his um, partner built dental offices up north. And so they they built my dental practice. See, now we should have had your show on earlier so that Danica wouldn't have had to go through the nightmare that she went through in Tampa. Yep. Documented nightmare that I just couldn't imagine. To the yeah. point where her mom are moving walls and putting the right x-ray stuff up and drywall and spackling out. I was like, are you kidding me? They saved, he saved me. They saved me for sure. I know everyone says how the construction is the hardest part. And for me, I was like, oh, that part wasn't so bad, but I got very lucky. Wow. <laughs> very, very lucky. Yeah. That's awesome. But you know, there's, but there's also now, I, I guarantee when, when your brother is, goes in or shows anybody, there's a pride factor mm-hmm. that you can't measure. Just like absolutely you know, those walls. I know what's in those walls. I know there's insulation where it's supposed to be. I know that. They're not going to have drafts and they're not going to have recalls and they're not going to have plumbing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Taking care of. It's just like that blind trust where you don't have to worry and don't have to micromanage and you don't have to stress or go by every single day and check what's going on. So it was a nice, a lot off your mind when you're starting a startup for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you, you 10, 10 years old, you go to Florida and yeah. I get it. That would be traumatic. I would have been a nightmare as 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 a fourth grader for my folks. I mean, I was tough on them as it was, and then to move it, I would have drove them crazy. With my mom, when we settled there, it was IBM, right? I'd been moved. They'd been all over it. But when I was born in Tampa, then to Poughkeepsie, and then to upstate New York, my mom told my dad, no more moving. And so I grew up stable. My two sisters had already moved multiple times because I was a baby. And uh, so it's not an easy dynamic. So you, Florida... At what point, what triggers dentistry? Where does that where does that come from? Does that happen in high school? Do you have an inkling? Talk I mean, about that. Yeah. So high school, I, I knew I was going medical dental. Like I knew that was my trajectory. I knew I, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had shadowed a lot of dentists, a good I we all played soccer growing up and a good family friend um who we played soccer with, his dad was our dentist. I got close with my orthodontist growing up and I shadowed him and, you know, they all wrote me letters of recommendation for dental school when I finally decided to. And my, one of my best friends in high school, um, her dad was our primary care physician. He's like, Uh don't do medicine. He's like, go be a dentist. Like, don't do medicine. Um, Insurance is ruining everything and the corporations are taking over. And that was, you know, however many years ago. And so. Pretty prophetic. 
Yeah, exactly. So when I was in college, I, you know, was on the pre-med, pre-dental track, the prerequisites were the same. Um, and when it came down time to it, I, um, shadowed an orthopedic surgeon because that was the field that I liked, like sports medicine, orthopedic surgery, that type of thing. And I was like, this is brutal. I don't think my body can handle this. So I applied to dental school and, um, I've always been artsy and craftsy. I like, I did art growing up and pottery and clay and painting and drawing. Um, and I found dentistry to be a good balance of that where I can utilize, you know, know it's interesting. It's, it's, that's such a right brain, right? It's, it's such a, the creative part that is not, that's to me, that's not real common in your math and science, which usually what helps you into the medical or dental fields. Yeah. But when you have that combination, it's, it's a little magical, you know, were you okay with the the science? I mean, was that? Oh, that was my favorite. Yeah. Math and science were my favorite classes. I (laughs) did not like English, did not like history. Math and science were my favorite, but then yeah, art and I was athlete. I played a lot of sports too. So I love it. Man. I was all over That's the place. So cool. Yeah. All right. So you go to the U, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And... <laughs> They're playing now. I'm missing the game. <laughs> oh, you're you're good. You're good. So <laughs> so you go to University of Miami and now football is king, right? Are they are they still on top or are they a little bit? I, you know, there was a period of time where they were unreal. Like they it's once. a roller coaster. Yeah, I was there right after that. <laughs> yeah. I was okay. There so when that was started. Yeah. 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 Like the different coaching and then you know the, the players they put they have yeah. you know twelve guys that are first or second round NFL picks every year. It's just yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and now you guys are in the ACC with my my Syracuse boys. So we do play oh. you and Jim, Jimmy Larinaga. Looks exactly yes. like Jim Beheim. The two could be brothers. <laughs> and I watched He's a great coach, by the way. He really coach is. L, I was there when he started. Yeah, we started going to basketball games when he first got hired. That's when I was there. Oh, yeah. I love what he's doing. I just, and, and yeah. you can tell he loves the guys and they love him. It's, it's a cool scenario. Yeah. All right. So you're at Miami. You have this dental influence. Is there anything that happens in Miami that that pushes you one way or another that says dentistry versus medicine? Um, not particularly. It was just more conversations with the people that I had already, you know, built relationships with, and um, I was part of the pre-dental society. I wasn't super active in it. I was, you know, busy with other other things. I worked all through college and dental school, so you know, I and studying and. I played club soccer and was in different clubs and organizations. So it, it, it just felt right. I knew deep down that it was it. There was nothing particularly that pushed me that way, but it was the way You're to a go. Great communicator, by the way, you speak very clear. I own it. It's, <laughs> well, thank you. It. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So you go to dental school at LSU. Yeah. Now, when I visit, I went, we visited and we went to LSU and I remember speaking to someone with my son. He was interested in going to dental school and they talked about, they said, we are really good at preparing a doctor for clinical dentistry. Talk about your experiences and if, if that holds water. I mean, I still had to carve chalk for my entrance exam there. So oh. they're big on hand skills. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I just had a I just had a, a flashback yeah. shutter. You had to make the Flintstone mobile out of this skirt thing. I was like, oh <laughs> I had a black suit on. I had white powder yep. all over me. Yes. I looked like I just had a frosted donut and I got hit with a hurricane. It was like 
embarrassing I like a black and I hate that ch- that feeling that gives me the shivers it's not my thing but you know what we did it and that's where I ended up going um but yes their clinical um education there is wonderful I mean we started treating patients our second year so I mean we were hands-on clinically and not just hygiene and exams our second year we were doing fillings and operative dentistry in, in year two um we had a lot of rotations and um, you're in New Orleans, so there's a lot of demand for care there. There's lack of care um, for a lot of people. So we had rotations through hospitals and trauma units. And I mean, I scrubbed in on some crazy surgeries with the oral surgery um, rotations that we had. Um, we worked in HIV clinics and um, worked on prisoners. I mean, there was a lot of opportunity. If you wanted it, it was there for you to take it. The other nice thing is they had all the specialties there, but they didn't funnel all of the higher level procedures to the specialty clinics. Like you got to do them with them. It was more collaboration as opposed to competition, which I found really nice. That's awesome. That is awesome. There's not a turf war going on, right? No, not at all. And the class sizes were smaller. My class was only 63 people. So um, there were plenty of patients. And there was plenty of need for care. So it was a good experience and clinically, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So now you're going through this great clinical experience in the dental school. Do you have an inkling to say, hey, I want to specialize in prosto or I'm I'm thinking (laughs) I want to do ortho because your relationship with your orthodontist prior? I mean, talk about that, you know, that mentality. Was that happening for you? I thought, I mean, I thought about it. I, w- I went into dental school thinking I wanted to do peds. I wanted to do pediatrics. And then I did in my peds rotation. I'm like, no, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank yeah, you. you got enlightened. <laughs> yeah. I don't, now I don't even treat my own kids. They go to a pediatric dentist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got very close with a lot of the perio residents and the perio professors. I really enjoyed that. I liked surgery. I liked that type of thing. Um, I considered it, but I was ready to come home. I was really ready to come back to Florida. Four years was enough. It was hard. I was away from home. I had I knew nobody there. I mean, I picked up and moved there and that was it. Like I didn't know anybody. I didn't know a single person. Um, so it was it was um time for me to come back okay. home. And I knew that I could always yeah. do CE and I could always, you know. Well, we you proved that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you come home, what do you do? What's the, what's the first thing you do? And then how do you find it? Like talk about the selection process of what's next. So if I'm a listening, I'm a dental student. I'm in I'm in dental school right now. Obviously, it's probably a little different each generation. It changes how they match up with their professional career stepping stones or whatever. What did you do, and and how did you find what you were going to do? So um, I. While I was in dental school, I um, there was a lunch and learn, and I happened to not bring lunch that day, and it was by a recruiter for a large DSO, and I recognized when they sent. Wait, wait, wait. Why, why did you pause when you went DSO? Why did you? Well, because it's a traumatic part of my history. <laughs> okay, so yeah. someone came to the school, they brought some pizza, and they said, "Hey, exactly, it was pizza." Let me tell you about the wonderful world of. ABC Dental. Okay. Exactly. And I recognized their phone number. Their area code was the same as my area code from back home. So I'm like, hey, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Okay. Yeah. So I went and I listened and immediately um, he was like, oh, I have a a practice for you in like in your hometown, like back from where you are. They're looking for a dentist. Um, They set me up. They flew me back home. It was December, my senior year. So they flew me back home. I met with the 
I guess, owner at that time of the practice and their um, regional manager. And they offered me a position and it was, um, it was just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. After that, like, it was very quick that I just went with it because I think at that point I was nervous of having a position, having a job, knowing that I could come back and, um, just have a guaranteed position and job and daily rate basically where I knew I was going to make money. I had a ton of debt, ten ton of student loan debt. Um, my family, they were not, we don't come from a ton of money. So it's like, I've worked hard my entire life. I wanted to be sure I was setting myself up for success. And it, it was meant to be a stepping stone. Like I knew I was going to get some mentorship. I was going to learn and I was meant to be there for a short period of time. And I stayed for far longer than I ever anticipated staying. Did you get the mentorship? <laughs> interesting yes and no yes and no um in certain regards most, yes most people that's that's the biggest thing they they ask they look for and that just doesn't happen it was totally different than um i had anticipated right so i was hired to work with another dentist in an office as an associate so i was a new grad i mean i was just graduating i didn't know <laughs> what anything and right. i knew that i didn't know anything right um so and by so, time, so so let's just, just give a little a little more enrichment to the background so you're in this practice. There's one doctor. You're the second doctor. Supposed to be. Right. But before I before I even started, um, by the time I got back and moved in and everything. Sorry, my lights are motion censored and it's off. It's fine. Um, by the time I got here, they're like, well, we need you in a different practice and you're going to be the lead dentist there. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Am I qualified oh, for that's a 180? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, like. They're like the end, of course, they, oh, you'll make more money and you're going to get to do so many more procedures and this, that, and the other. And I was like, you know, I'm the type of person, like I jump in, I commit wholehearted. It's like sink or swim. Like, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. Um, I was supposed to have mentorship the first, um, like week that I was there. The owner was supposed to be there with me, showing me how like things worked and ran, um, and it just never happened, right? Day one, I jump in and I was supposed to have, there were supposed to be two doctor schedules and he got pulled to go somewhere else. So it was me by myself day one. And of course the higher dollar values were in his. So I ran his full schedule of surgeries all day, my first day, <laughs> my very first day. But were you double, like, were you booked as though there's two doctors? I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they moved a couple things around, but yeah, pretty much. So you were slammed? Slammed. Day one. Okay. Now you. Yeah. Could, I mean, is there any parts of dentistry that were like like a surgery? You definitely have an affinity for it now, but was that something that you? Oh, yeah, I'm good with surgery. Is there anything else you're like? Geez, I don't not really do molar endos. I mean, yeah. Molar. So I don't. I don't. I still don't do endo, and it wasn't my strength there. But their model is endo was referred out anyway, so that was okay. okay. Yep. Um, right. so. so there's compatibility at least. Yeah. Services. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. It's huh? just, I was, of course, coming out of dental school, you're used to seeing one patient at a time. And here you've got multiple columns of patients. You've got a lot going on at one time. And so figure it out. Your treatment planning, of course, you learn the dental school way of treatment planning and doing that in real life is different. Like you don't have three hours with a patient to come up with a plan and take diagnostic models and review your treatment plan and bring them back second visit, like you're diagnosing and treatment planning on the fly, which was obviously very new to me. Um, and that took time. And obviously there's growing pains with that. Uh, and that's one of the things that I think I got good at quickly because I had no other, I had no other choice. 
you know, you had to. Okay. So you are, you're thrown in the deep end. You said, here you go swim. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, what does that look like? Because you, you, you had in your mind, I'm going to do this for a short period of time. So what would you say coming out? I'm going to do this for one or two years. Is that what, yeah. give me, give me a ball. Sure. That's sure. fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what does it look like six months after that start point? And then what does it look like a year later? I think six months in, I was really struggling um, with the business side of dentistry. You don't learn that in dental school at all. And we would see these numbers and I'm like working my tush off, like, right. I'm busting my butt and we're going backwards every day. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like the math wasn't mathing. And I'm like, this is what is happening here? Um, what do you mean? What do you mean? So they, we would have like projections, like monthly projections. And, um, I'd be doing all this dentistry and we'd come in and the next day and my projections would be lower than they were the day before. I'm like, how does this make any sense? Well, what I didn't understand is how they calculated their projections. Like you were estimated to add a certain amount every day, estimated to hit a certain percentage of, of, you know, your production every day. And if you didn't hit that, your estimations were going backwards. Like it took me a long time to understand that nobody taught me because no one was there to teach me that. So I was but, very much, but there's, but you're, you're, they're managing the practice strictly by numbers essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I would have been lost. I'd be lost now if they did that. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. like, like I said, I liked math. I like, I like numbers. I like spreadsheets. I like checklists. I like that stuff. So I was like, well, let me make it make sense. Like help me make it make sense. Sure. I want to learn this. Um, but I still was learning. I was still getting my feet underneath me clinically. And I appreciated the, the amount of dentistry that I was getting to do. And I didn't feel like at that point I was starting to get more comfortable. I didn't feel like I was drowning every day and the office was getting so financially did it improve a little bit like each month got a little better made a little bit more kind of thing yeah absolutely and by my second year or like the end of my first year going into my second year i mean i had grown the practice um exponentially and that's when the conversation started about me buying into the practice it was about a year a year and a half in so how does a buy-in work with a corporation what do they what do they want you to do so technically how they work, how this corporation works is the offices are all owned by dentists and then you hire the company as your management company. So, um, yes, but it's like contractually very heavy. It's a very long contract. So it was interesting because as an, as just a dentist in the practice, as you know, a working dentist, we weren't contracted, right? We had a, a written agreement, an offer letter, but there was no contractual, like, um, non-compete or anything like that. So it was very easy to accept because I knew if I left at that point, it was pretty easy to leave. Once you become a partner or an owner, that changed drastically. And um, I it took me a long time from when the conversation started about ownership to when I finally agreed and signed on the dotted line because I, I, I think I knew like looking back, hindsight's 2020, I knew back then that it wasn't really the right thing. And, the, you know, the company was going to grow and change. I just, it was easy. It was the path of least, least resistance for me. I knew that's like the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't know. It was comfortable and they were very good at uh, making it seem like this was the only way to succeed in dentistry. Everything else is going to fail. The only way you're going to be successful is if you do it our way and, and work with us. And so I think I definitely fell into that trap for sure. So one year in, they're yeah. talking to you about partnership. 
Yeah. Okay, you're still growing leaps and bounds. Your learning curve is is, is flying along. Mm-hmm. All right. So, when do you say to yourself, "I'm going to do this"? At what point? Are you year and a half in? You two years in? At what point do you? Do you it was you just over say, two years. Yeah, just over two years in. So you you had a whole year of fermenting and 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 mm-hmm. brewing it. Yeah. Now, were they open? Like, were you allowed to make effective change since you're running the practice? Were you allowed to affect change that you wanted to see happen? Like, hey, we got to schedule new patients' exams like this. I need this amount of time for this. Were you able to do some things that you wanted to do? Kind of. Okay. Within reason. I, I'm a very vocal person. I'm upfront. I shoot straight. Like I, I, I'm not the type that just takes an answer and says, okay, like I'm going to think about it, mull it over and, and react. Um, so I would always push at that point in the company, like their model was I had two dental assistants and I knew that was my limiting factor. I'm like, give me more dental assistants and I can do better and more dentistry. I'll be more efficient. Like it's going to be easier on everybody involved. And I, it took me a long time before they finally agreed to give me another dental assistant. Like you had to push, like it's nothing was ever easy. You always had to push. You always had to advocate for yourself. Right. Advocate. But if they're, but if they're truly a management company, right. Mm-hmm. And, and you've shown what you're at and now you're saying, you know, if you add this, here's going to be your cost, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And here's going to be your payout. They understand math. Sure. Why, why was that so challenging for a business prioritized dollar, you know, yeah. business to not understand simple men? It's not our model. That's the answer you always get. That's not our model. That's not how we work. It's not our model. So one doctor can only work with two assistants. That's how it was. It's changed. And, uh, and you know, obviously things gr- have grown and evo- grew and evolved. And it um, it changed. But yeah, like when you talk about a patient appointments, sure, I could schedule an hour or two hours for a procedure, whatever. I can, I can change that new patients. No, they never let you change those times. If anything, they were always shortening your new patient times that you're seeing on top of all your other procedures, right? Mm-hmm. Um the hours they would always push for extended hours saturdays this that you know um no at the end of the day they really didn't um give you a lot of say in that stuff and i was young at that time i didn't have a family i you know i had my husband my fiance at the time i didn't have kids and i i'm very competitive by nature and so i was like no i can do this like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna prove it to them i can do this when really like who was i benefiting i don't know i grew a lot i learned a lot and i think that set me up for what I'm doing now because I've learned so much over 10 years. Um, but once I became an owner, I did start to push back a lot more. I changed a lot more than I was allowed to, I guess, quote unquote, as a non-owner. How many days? How you you're with them for five years or was it maybe? Ten, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Okay. How many days? I'm gonna t- tell me how many days in those 10 years did you miss work for being sick? Oh. No, I mean, I had two babies. That was it. And I went, I placed an implant while I was in active labor. Yeah, no, none. Yeah. Well, sure. yeah. I mean, I, I can, I would have, I would have wrote that down and I would have, I would have been correct. Bob Barker. I would have got that one. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee I knew it just when this, when your description, your background, the, yeah. the sports, the competitiveness, you know, the achievements, et cetera. And that's going to do, that's going to bode you very well, especially now in your own business, because now you're going to get the fruits of all your labor. 
and all the little seeds that you plant, you're going to water them and you're going to put all that into them. And then you're going to get to see the trees grow and you're going to see the bushes grow and you're going to see all that stuff happen. Uh, I, 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 your, 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 your future is like, is so highly, it's so polished. It's going to be awesome. I appreciate that. I hope so. (laughs) All right. So, so after two years, you, you just, you buy in. I did. I did. What did that look like? Was that sweat equity? Did you have to come up with a check? Well, what was the buy? And Um, what did you get? What were you getting? Like, what did you give and what did you get? Yeah, I bought 35% of the practice. Um, So I own 35%. That was all I was offered at the beginning. So the way the contract, so the owning dentist um, obviously set up the contract. The management company has nothing to do with this. Like this is an agreement between him and I. And um, obviously it was very tailored to benefit him for sure. So you broke the contract. That's smart. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So it would, um, it was basically, uh, I'd get 35% after a year, I could up it another 10, uh, another, um, 5%. Yes. 5%. And then after another year, I could up another five and max out at 45% ownership. Now, does he still own 55%? Correct. So where does this where does the DS the DSO part come in? What do they own? Um, so how our profits would work is basically um you'd have all the money that would come in, all the money that would go out, like whatever it would cost. Um and then a certain percentage of that gets paid to the DSO, and then you pay your doctors because the DSO doesn't pay the doctors. And then after so whatever, off the top. correct. Okay, um, I'm, I'm so, following. Yep. So you pay whatever percentage to the DSO. You have you pay your doctors whatever is left. He would take fifty five percent. I would take forty five percent. Now, what if what if your production as a as a doctor is way more than what his production? He never was in the practice. He didn't even practice. He got fifty five percent just for being there. He was never in my Excuse practice. Me. So he owns having his name on it. Yeah. 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 At that point he owned, I mean, when I, when I bought in, he owned four practices and, um, he's grown. He owns 28 practices now. Yeah. So he's a DSO. Yeah. I mean, essentially. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, he's a DSO. DSO Is he paying royalties or I'll call them royalties to the other business entity. That's the DSO. On all these I, I, he paid, yeah, he yeah, absolutely. He pays Alabama very pretty penny, yeah, a very pretty penny. And you know, and I, again, I wanted to do well. I wanted to be successful, so I did a lot for this organization. I did a ton of recruiting events and marketing, and you know, all the shat the shazaz, you know. And um, I mentored a ton of doctors as I got in more into my career, and there was never any. Yeah, there was never any compensation for that. It was just, you know, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy talking. Like, I enjoy communicating and sharing and um, collective knowledge and collaboration. So they definitely took advantage of that, for sure. I, you know, definitely helped the company more than it helped me. Okay, so talk about now when you become a partner, right? You pay, you want to discuss how it was? Did you have to come up with cash? Did you? Yeah, I took out a loan. equity? I took out. So a there's loan. no sweat equity. Uh-uh. No, I took okay. out. A, I so took out a business loan. Yeah. So you you write him a check for yeah. this. 
Yeah. And then to pick up 5% more, it's another check. Correct. Was the valuation a fair done valuation? Um, yeah, I do. Actually, I do think it was. Okay. Yeah. That's important. So now you do this, right? So just like any investment, was there a good return on your investment? Did you see your income change markedly because of it? Yeah, I mean, it definitely did. I it, it put me in a position where I was able to, I mean, I'm also a little bit crazy, right? So I bought into the practice. I got married and bought a house all in the same year. Like <laughs> that's, that's usually what happens. The only thing missing yeah. is you didn't buy a brand new car. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was a couple of years later. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was a lot in a year, but it put me in a position that we were we were able to do that. You know, my husband is a high school counselor. Like, it's not like he's raking in the big bucks. Um, uh, he loves his job and he's phenomenal at it, but let's be real. The school system, especially here in Florida, that's not where you're going to make your money. Um, so it allowed us to, to do what we wanted to do. Right. And it allowed me to pay down my student loans much more rapidly than I would have been able to. Um, and what did your student loan look like when you graduated dental school? 484,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was at the time when interest rates were absolutely absurd. I mean, my my highest interest rate was 9.99%. I mean, it was high. Yeah. It was high. So I had no choice but to refinance and consolidate so I could get a lower interest rate and was making crazy payments. But how much did you borrow for the buy-in now on top of this? <laughs> um, my buy-in was 95000 Ninety-five thousand. Okay, not not crazy. Okay, so you probably at this point when you do this because you're let's say you graduated this, so you're two or three years out of school. That four hundred eighty dental dollars, you your full school loans. It's probably now down to maybe four seventy-five. I mean, maybe yeah, right? maybe <laughs> yeah. It was, and now yeah. you tack on another hundred. So like the folks, a lot of folks are paralyzed by fear of that that albatross they think is around their neck. But yet you just described it. You said uh, we were able to buy a house and made, you know, in the same year and your financial fortune, good fortune. Well, it's not good fortune. What you earn financially now has shown up in the investment you put in, right? True. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So now take us through the next seven years of your ownership and I guess at this point, why get out then? You got a pretty nice situation. It it was a slow demise. So things, you know, the company grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And he, my partner, grew and grew and grew. And as that happened, so much changed. Like that camaraderie, the the mentorship, the teamwork, that, that feeling of family. Um, it, when you get so big, it just goes away. And so that, that gut buy-in, right? So not a financial buy-in, but like that, reactional buy-in was gone. Like I didn't feel that connection anymore. I didn't feel like I knew we would have meetings and I didn't know the doctors anymore. Like we used to all know each other and know their families and it just changed. So, so at these meetings, these are other offices. Yes. Yeah. Right? Of his. You only you know, have we one all... partner. Correct. Right. Correct. Yep. And I, and my growth was massively limited. I had vocalized for a long time 
Like I wanted more growth opportunity, whether it's let me partner on multiple offices or let me get out of the office a little bit. You know, I'm mentoring, I'm training. Let me go around and travel and spend some time with the new grads and let me, you know, work chair side with them, help them with treatment planning or just communication, how to talk to patients. Um, I, I ran a very successful practice. Like we were, we were great. We were very profitable. Like I, I knew how to manage overhead. I, I understood the metrics and K, K, you know, like, um, Oh my goodness. KPI. <laughs> my letters are gone. Um, okay. so let me do something else. Like I want to grow. I want more. Uh, and That's I'm not a good person. Like I didn't necessarily, I wasn't even talking financial. Like I wanted more for my career and I was just always met with resistance, met with resistance. And, you know, if you couldn't see the value of what I was doing on a piece of paper, like they didn't necessarily understand that value. Um, and that's, I, that's the competitive juices in you. Yeah. And anybody, I, I've known you now for a little over an hour, and I get it. You know, like if you can't read, and, and, and in dentistry, come on, we should be very good at first impressions mm-hmm. and understanding people. And, okay. you know, because we see them usually at their worst, right? And if, if, to not recognize that, that's just, that's a huge swing and a mess. Yeah. So talk about, getting out what did it take to get out it couldn't have been easy no it was hard probably that i mean that was the hardest year and a half so my breaking point i had set a meeting with my partner um my regional manager and director at the time so like the next tier of people and i show up like oh we didn't have a meeting today i'm like guys you don't even respect me enough to like talk to me and hear me out like even if you have no interest in appeasing what I'm asking, like not even going to acknowledge the meeting. And I was like, you know what? The next day I gave my notice. Like that was it. Contractually, I had to give a year's notice, which was a lot of time. Yeah. Um, But it also enabled me. I, you know, I'm a planner. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to think three steps ahead. And I didn't have a plan originally. I knew I was going to leave. Like it was very evident that our relationship was strained and it wasn't a positive interaction any longer. Um, but I wanted to have a plan in place. I wanted to know what my next steps were and I didn't, it was definitely for sure gut reaction. It was not well thought out at the moment. I mean, it was, it was lots of thinking and crying and tears and <laughs> moving but, to Philadelphia at 10 years old. That's what it is. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Um, so I, um, you know, my husband said something to me. He's like, you're miserable every day. Like you cannot be miserable every day. Like you can't live like this. And we had two young kids and it was just like, huh? yeah, it, it was not the, not the lifestyle on so many different aspects that I was wanting for myself. I'm like, I work so hard to not be happy is just not going to work for me anymore. So I gave my notice the next day and I was met with anger. <laughs> I'm oh, like, sure. Yeah. Special and children. Yeah. So, so now you bought in for 95, the practice has grown. Do they got to buy you out at a better rate? Yeah. So at that point I give my year's notice and after a year, they will do an evaluation of the practice again, another evaluation. And then we have negotiations and determine, yeah, he has to buy me basically buy my shares back. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And the formula is already determined. You can't be jerking that around, correct? correct? No, it was in the it was no in the fuzzy math like George Bush said, right? No fuzzy math. No, it was in the uh in the contract. So it was very black and white. There well, was thank not- goodness. Because a lot of times the exit plan is hell. 
Because everybody focuses on the entrance plan on a buy-in. Yeah. And the buyout is where you really get the screw stuck to you. So, well, that's at least the business side of that transaction was not horrendous. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was more emotional and relationship wise was difficult. And of course, I didn't want my team to find out day one. I had a whole year and I knew that once I left, they were all going to leave. Like they were there for me. They weren't there for the company. Um, I built a wonderful team around myself. I, we had great relationships. I mean, my team was with me for a long time and for a DSO, that's not common. Like people come and go. No, it's not common. Yeah. So it was, um, that's the reason cloud dentistry exists. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it was just different. And I was, I was ready. It was time. It was difficult, but it was obviously everything happened for a reason. It was the right timing for me. So it wasn't all bad. I mean, being with this company allowed me to have my two kids and take time off, pay down my debt. I built some great relationships with some wonderful people. Like not all the doctors at DSOs are bad doctors or bad people. Like they are wonderful doctors, just the same. Um, it's just a different name on the door, you know. But now the 10 years in really allows you to really define what your vision is going to be, right? What are you going to take from this experience? Yeah. What are you going to tweak? What are you going to drop? Absolutely. And, you know, it, it should separate you in terms of where, where you're going to start at. Now, did a lot of those folks come with you? Um, so I couldn't take any staff members from Aspen contractually <laughs> from anywhere. Like I couldn't take any employees. Um, yeah, but if a person leaves and they want to come work for you, you can't hire They would have that's to have. Like, that's impossible. Huh? I know. I know. It would have been a very tricky. Um, yeah, it would have been very tricky. So actually what ended up happening <laughs> is my, one of my former employees had left gone to hygiene school, became a hygienist. So I actually hired her straight out of hygiene school. So she, so I've known her for a very, very long time. So yes, she was a former employee of mine years ago, though. It was not like a recent employee. That's, I, 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 don't, I just don't know how you could possibly say you can't hire anybody. Listen, people are, this is a free, free world. And a person leaves your employee and they want to come work for my employee. That, that's a, yeah. that's so, anti i mean that's so illegal it's not even funny so the other other talk about yeah it would have been a long commute for a lot of them too like i opened much i commuted for 10 years and i opened my my startup much closer to my house so it would have been a decent commute for a lot of them as well because if they lived north of the previous office to get south to my office i mean it could be a 45 hour commute depending on traffic so Okay, so what do you do when you're going to do the startup, right? Because you said emotionally you made a decision, I'm out, and you hadn't really calculated or thought about your next move. Now you got to figure out your next move. You got 12 months to do it. Yeah. What's the first thing that you do? Do you scour the area? Do you look at purchasing practices? Yeah. I mean, what's what's your pro? What's the go through the checklist? Like I know you have a okay. I did this. I did <laughs> yeah, that, I'm a did. checklist person, right? Yeah. yeah. So the first uh-huh. thing I did was I just a I, wild guess. <laughs> I was actually mad. There wasn't like a more like conclusive checklist. I needed a bigger checklist. Um, but they, I, I started looking at practices for sale. Like I started, you know, signing up for emails and looking for practices for sale. And, um, you know, I did have a non-compete 
so I had to be very careful, which would have been very difficult, um, depending on where the practice was like things like that. And then I also reached out, um, to a realtor and started seeing like, is there opportunity for me to open my own thing? Like, is there even places available? This area of Florida is massively growing. You see plazas going up left and right. So in my head, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is going to be so easy. Like this is a wonderful plaza. What you don't know (laughs) and what I learned. And I think that was probably my hardest part was finding a a place, like finding a space um, is that those are all promised to corporations. Like they're all promised to corporate dentistry. Getting in as a small startup, like it was far more difficult than I anticipated. Far more difficult. So kind of like strip malls you're talking about mostly? Yeah. Yeah. Medical plazas, like literally anywhere. I was open to anything. Um, And then of course I had a timeline. I knew when I was leaving. So I needed to uh, have it be able to fit that timeline. And so like building from dirt up would have been much more difficult than finding at least a place that had a building that had walls. Sure. Um, So what did you end up settling on? What did you end up finding? So a, an off-market place fell into my lap. My realtor's like, you got to come see this place. It was actually promised to a Menchie's uh, frozen yogurt. And he, you know, took my CV and, you know, basically negotiated on my behalf that I would be like a long-term tenant and a, and a staple for the plaza, whatever. So I ended up, it's very small. And that kind of dictated wh- the way that I drove what I did is I, originally, you know, I'm used to volume. I'm used to the DSO model. I'm used to being able to see 30 patients a day. So I'm like, I need six operatories. I need eight operatories. <laughs> I need 2,500 square feet, whatever. Um, this is 1,200 square feet. And I got four operatories in it. And I was like, you know what? That's going to be able to allow me to do more of the dentistry that I want to do. I'm going to be able to tailor the practice a little bit more. I'm not going to have to be this volume-based practice just to be able to pay the bills. Like I'll be able to um, do what I want to do a little bit. So it fell into my lap, but like in the best way possible. And it's a great plaza. Okay. It's a busy, very busy corner. I was going to yeah. ask you location. So important. So yeah. you got a good location. Yeah. I fell in love with another place that I saw, but it was in like a medical plaza and it was beautiful. It was bigger. It was originally like what I was looking for a ton of windows. It was a corner, uh, but they wouldn't let me put signage on the outside of the building. And that was a deal breaker for me. It wasn't on a super busy like road as a startup, not being able to have signage and not being in a super busy plaza. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to sustain this. Um, so we went back to the drawing board. It took another couple months until this place fell into my lap. Okay. So you rent this place, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to make all the leasehold improvements, I'm assuming, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just it was, walls and you got to put everything up or are you are you working around some internal construction that's already there? It was a veterinary office prior, but it was very I mean, it was outdated. We had we gutted the place. We literally gutted it down to dirt on the bottom. So, um, yep. Yeah. And we're in the middle of the plaza. Um and I got first right of refusal for the adjacent space. So if they ever leave, I designed it where um, I could basically mirror what I did and expand if I if if and when that happens. Any chance to buy the building? I doubt it. I highly doubt okay. it. Actually, I they just sold the building. Like I just start opened in June and I just signed over. They just this month I already sold the building to a new owner. So real estate here is crazy right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I'm familiar. <laughs> a little bit. Um Okay, so what's your plan now? How are you going to go from this 
you know, it, I, I get that, you know, you're going to do the construction, so you're going to do the design, but I want to focus on how you got your business started. Because yeah. it just it just opened up. We're recording this September. Mm-hmm. This is literally two and a half months ago. You started June 1st. You're open? June, my first patients were June. I wrote it down. June 7th. June 7th. So 6, yep. 7, 23. Going to go play those numbers in the lotto. Yeah. 6, 7, 23. Yep. Okay. And how do you how do you market your practice? How do you let people know who you are, where you are? That's number one. Second question I want to ask you is what was your what was your vision for how the practice is going to be? Yeah. So this area in general, it's a lot of corporate dentistry. Um, there's several different corporations in this area, and there's not a lot of independently privately owned practices anymore and definitely not any fee-for-service practices. So I knew I had to set myself apart. I knew I had to do something different. I really enjoy the aesthetics side of dentistry, you know, Botox fillers, Invisalign, um, uh, um, cosmetic dentistry, you know, whatever I do everything. I'll do anything except root canals, but, um, (laughs) I I knew that we were going to be a little different. We set up a spa, like med spa, like feeling. I knew we were going to have a comfort menu. We were going to make sure patients felt comfortable. We were going to have, we were going to see the same patients all the time. We were going to know their names and and just treat people with kindness. Like you call around not even dental offices, but just businesses, the phone calls that you get it, like the level of customer service that we've come to accept at this time in life, it's unbelievable. So we were going to, yeah, I think the biggest struggle now and starting in general is just recognition, brand recognition, knowing that we're here, knowing that we even exist. When the patients get in the door, they love it. My acceptance is wonderful. They're comfortable here. They they understand, like they get the model. They know what we're doing. It's just getting people here, right? So yeah. how do you do that? How do you come from zero? Nobody knows yeah. you. Yep. I mean, a sign is a sign, right? Yeah. So people are like, oh, the dentist is open up over there if they, if they can read everything, right? Yep. But how do you go to get people to move yeah. to action to come schedule that appointment. We are give you a chance. A work in progress. But um big on social media, like during the construction, I was, you know, posting like, hey, this is what's happening and updating and like just starting that ground marketing type of thing, organic posting on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I did hire a marketing agency. I knew that was like the biggest expense that I needed to put in, you know, as opening is we need patients. So where are they going to come from? So, you know, Google and web building and SEO and targeting and retargeting and geofence, all those things, like all the background digital marketing uh, they handle. I've started doing um, mailers. We have uh, like a physical mailer that gets mailed to 20,000 people in this certain uh, mile radius or zip codes, I guess, in this area. I became a sponsor of my kid's school PTO. So we have our banner up on the fence and, you know, they just see our name and just talking to other parents. We've gotten several parents just of classmates of my kids. Um, It's just talking to people, showing face and being out there and, and letting people know that we're there and asking for reviews, asking for referrals. Um, We got, we just got our logo and our information put on the bottom of a golf scorecard for a local golf um, golf course here. Um, it just anything, all hands on deck, like anything, any way to get our name and our, and our brand out there and let people know I'm on social media, constantly posting and answering when people look are looking for a dentist or looking for certain things I'm responding and just letting people know that we're here. 
Any mom's group is in your area? Oh, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Those are big. Well, it helps having young kids too, because you're in there. Yeah, you're I was there. already in the groups. And so you see like this stuff gets posted all the time and they're looking for referrals. And the big trend and the big thing that I was seeing is that everyone was so tired of the corporate feel and corporate dentistry. And even if it didn't say a corporate name on the building, they knew when they went there and had the experience and um, just, it was a very common trend. So people are looking for what we're offering. It's just a matter of letting them know that we're here and offering what they want. Yeah. The mom. Have, are... <laughs> have you done like TV and radio ads and stuff too? Or no? I have not. That's one that I haven't done yet. Yeah. Um, so I, what, so what? many things, just letting see what simmers and see what sinks in so much of this stuff takes time, which is frustrating. I'm like immediate. I want to do it now. I want to do it now. <laughs> but well, yeah. hey, competition, your competitive streak never goes away. It's just, no, it it, you just channel it differently. So what do you need? Do you, do you know the number of what you got to make to just break even monthly? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you want to know it? <laughs> With all the marketing, with payroll, with pretty much everything, it's around thirty to thirty-five thousand. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, how are you doing? This month is painful. September so far has been rough, um, and I, you know, I, it's all around. I don't think, but um, my first, I wrote the numbers down. Uh, my very first month, so June, we did um, twenty-five thousand six ninety-seven. July, we did twenty-seven thousand nine seventy. And August we did twenty eight thousand one seventy five, so close. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Close. So, but you also have a chance now to look and see what's working, right, and yeah. start tweaking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How can this? How can I reshape this and rework that? Right. Yep. And I'm in constant communication with our marketing team. And when I notice things, or you know, one of the big things that was happening, which was very strange, is when you would pull us up. On Google Maps, it was giving the wrong address, like it was sending you across the street. Um, and then Facebook, if you would try to check in or tag, it was sending you to like the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, even though it was our right address. The address was right. There was something wrong on the Facebook algorithm. So like catching those things, like always looking, always catching those things and and tweaking them. Maybe your and marketing agent should be picking up on that. That should be something that's, that's on their wheelhouse. Yeah. So it's been fixed. Those things have been adjusted and changed. Something as simple as like, we're on Spelling Google Maps. Exactly. We're on Google Maps, but if you're on on an iPhone on an Apple, we're not on Apple Maps. So if people put the address in on Apple Maps, it doesn't show up. So just little things that those little details matter and like keeping up on that type of thing and making sure that it's all staying up to date. I love it. I mean, you're you're gonna do fine. It's it's this is the uncomfortable part, right? This is yeah. the growing pains. Yeah. This is the you know relocating from Philadelphia. This is the the part, and you're gonna start hitting your stride. You, you're gonna work it out. You're gonna figure it out. You're an athlete. You're a competitor. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. dial it in. You're gonna adjust. You may modify your marketing plan. You may modify your marketing agency, but you'll figure it out because that's kind of what you do and um you're not really in a competition with where you work because you said geographically you're not really there right no not at all so it's not a matter of letting people know where they can find you no but i do know the bigger your presence people that want to find you will find you yeah and i do think i i do i do totally agree with you now it's a matter of how do you get the message out 
that we're different in that niche that you want to be in, uh, the, the fee for service or the full services or the med spa or any of those areas, you know, you really got to kind of almost get a couple of lanes and stay in them, you know, and really get after it. Yeah. Uh, You'll, you'll, you'll kill it. This is, this is great. What's cool about this is we're going to have a follow-up in six months. <laughs> oh, gosh. No gonna, pressure, you know, huh? <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is though, I've talked with a lot, you know, a fair number of people now, and most people at this point start to get, you know, a little anxiety, little yes. stomach lines going away. Uh-huh. And, you know, did I make a mistake? Should I start, you know, they start that creep, that doubt creeps in and it changes everything. It does. And you're right. It's like right now when that starts to creep in because, you know, the working capital, you're watching that and you're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what are we doing? Right. You know, we need to start collecting more. We need to start seeing more patients. It's just about getting the people in the door. Like I know yeah. I'm confident enough in myself and my clinical skills and my people skills that when we get them in the door, I'm not worried about it. Like Once they're here, yeah. I'm fine. It's just getting them in the door. Um, and I, I think you know, you gotta, if you can, of more yeah. boots on the ground. That would be my opinion. If you can yeah. get yourself in front of PTAs or moms groups or children's or anything yeah. that you are allowed to be yourself because yeah. you, people are buying you. Um, Correct. And in the yeah. community where you live, where your children live, you're, you're, you're authentic, right? Exactly. And yeah. nobody can fake that. And that's to me the biggest thing that, and it takes a while because you because right you're planting seeds all over the place. Exactly. And while they may not need someone now, and they may may refer their neighbor, hey, so and so, but you know, business card, all that stuff, and yeah. QR codes on those, and video, all that stuff, bringing all that together, yeah. it's a monumental task at first because because you have how many balls would you say you're juggling right now? Ten. Ah, yeah, a lot of them. Right. <laughs> A lot of yeah, them. and and you know, and, and some of them are like spaghetti on the wall. What sticks, right? You don't you don't have that grasp yet. You'll, I know you'll figure it out. But I, I the one thing I think is the human connection. You know sure. what you want to portray is what I think is what's going to ultimately drive the people to see you too. Which we did. I did join the business alliance and the chamber of commerce and been doing luncheons and things like that with those. Which. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's like slow to grow. It, those types of things, yeah. it takes time to make. It takes groups. a long time because a lot of those people, they already may have established something, and they may not need you at this point. Right. But I, I think if you can get to like some, you know, some smaller things, and mm-hmm. just, you know, put yourself out there. You know, yeah. you know, pick a pick a neighborhood, go knock on the door. Yeah. Howard friend it. I mean, yeah. He literally every weekend knocked on doors, had balloons, had did 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 did. did has his appointment book in his hand. Yeah. It's a very, it's an area where so many, <clears throat> excuse me, so many people are moving here. There's a lot of new communities. And that was like the next step of going into some of these new communities or their welcome centers or like the the welcome center for the community in general, the the city in general, and just trying to get, we actually were talking about that today. It's funny you say that, but yeah. Education That's- seminars, right? Like, hey, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, the clear aligners or Invisalign or, you know, especially with your prominent role in that arena. Yeah, you can really create some really neat buzz. Yeah. With these free, like, you know, these presentations, whatever you want to call them, you know, you yep. could kill it. Okay, like enough for me. You got it. Time. 
<laughs> one day at a time. You got this. You got this. My only advice is, first of all, when when to me, when it's a person-to-person business like what we're in, mm-hmm. person buys you and you're a winner. So you, you okay. just don't don't listen to the naysayers and the detractors. Yeah. Get yourself some really good connections or mentors that are in your same space. Like, you know, hey, Danica is not too far from you. Yeah. Maybe a phone call or reach out and and you know, have that you need the support system, especially right, right the next, I'm gonna say the next six months. Yeah, but I think you'll, you'll see it. And it, it's not linear. It's not like, oh, it just rises every month. It goes up, it comes down, it goes up a little higher, maybe it comes down. It's 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 the biorhythm of a dental practice, you know, until your base gets bigger and the hills become and the valleys become much closer aligned. Yeah. The good thing is, is I have great family support here. Like my family's sharing, you know, as much as everybody can (laughs) and just just time takes time, but I appreciate time management and everything else. Oh yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I got to ask you my final question. Okay. Uh If you could go back in time, you've heard Mm -hmm. this anywhere, time, place, anything, do anything, Mm -hmm. see anybody experience anything. Yep. Where would you go? When? Mm-hmm. What time? <laughs> and why? Yes. Fire away. So uh, I'll get a little like more personal and and whatever. My one of my biggest my my favorite person on the planet was my grandmother. Um, so I she was literally my person. So I would go back to you know the time. <clears throat> before her passing and when we could have time to sit down and talk. And she was my biggest cheerleader, my biggest support person. So to be able to go and even just talk to her and introduce her to my kids or, you know, tell her about my life and where it's come that absolutely no questions. (laughs) Perfect. It fits, it fits everything about you, you know, (laughs) that's real. That's authentic. That's what people are going to get that authentic doctor. Keen Ramirez. Now, do you tell everybody Dr. Keen Ramirez or do you just go by Dr. Ramirez? What, what do people call it? Whatever they want. <laughs> I go by whatever. For a, a long time, I was Dr. Keen. That's what, it, and it's easier for people. So I think most of the time I'm Dr. Keen, but sometimes I'm Dr. Ramirez. Sometimes I'm both. <laughs> there you go. Broader appeal. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. My kids, all the kids' parents know me as Ramirez because that's my kid's last name. So. It just depends right. on who I'm talking to. If they're from growing up or they're my family, then I'm keen, you know? <laughs> it's funny. We have a doc that we just hired, and 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 she has last name Raymond, and she married a Bajwa, and he's a physician. She's a dentist. And she says, now, socially, I'm going to be known as Dr. Bajwa's wife, Dr. Bajwa. But in my professional dentistry, I'm going to stick with Dr. Raymond. So yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying. We've had this conversation for the last few months. It's tricky. It's a very tricky one. <laughs> it is. It is. But you can you can do it. Yeah. Well, if you need anything, if I can ever help you, uh, I, I'd be happy to help you in any way I can. I don't know what uh, I can do, but I'd be happy to do it. I'd try. I appreciate try. you so much. And I really l- appreciate the opportunity to talk tonight. And it was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I, you're going to be a winner. If I had to buy stock, I'd be buying stock in Allure Dental Aesthetic. Right <laughs> Well, thank you. You're welcome. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the fee-for-service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.